Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. That's what Craig says. But unfortunately, Craig can't be here today because he's at work. So unfortunately, uh, I'm going to have to do the hosting today. Obviously, I'm not as good as Craig, but I'll do my best as we as we go on from uh, Friday night's catastrophe. But before I go on to that, don't forget our partners and uh, our fans bet. So give them a little look and a, and a like. And uh, if you fancy a bit of betting, always good to go on there. But obviously, only at your pleasure. And uh, bet sensibly, as they say, like you know. And you, I think you've got to be over eighteen as well. So, uh, so remember that as well, like you know. But uh, very, very good um, to go on there. Go and have a look at them as well. Um, today, I'm. I've got two guests today, and and it's um, was welcome back to Harry. Where have you been, Harry, for the last? Uh, where where have you been? What's been going on? I've been uh, watching my wife squeeze out a baby. Um, <laughs> But it's it's all good now. But it's been a it's been a tough week, man. Really tough. I don't know how people do it. No sleep, um, constant crying. You don't know what's wrong with them. Um, you know, it can only be one of three things, can't it? They've either shit themselves, they they're hungry, or um, what's the other one? What was the other one? I can't remember. God knows. That's how I've lost the plot, mate. I've lost the plot. I've been awake <laughs> for about a week and a half so far. So. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations, and I think everybody is all all pleased for you and all that. Like, you know, so well done. Thank you very much. And Mrs. Mrs. Uh, and Baby doing well. Yeah, they're doing well. They're doing good. They're both um, much better than they were last week. We had to stay in hospital for a little while because uh, they weren't too well. But they're both doing good now. Touch wood, um, and on the up. So, yeah, soon I can uh, take a step back a little bit and get some sleep again. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. Glad to hear that. Like, now. And our other guest today is, is a fellow that I had the pleasure of meeting just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and um, he's a top, top guy. I always like to get, because he's a little bit younger than, than us, Harry. Well, look, well, it's a lot younger than me. Like, 23, I don't look at Yeah, no, I know. So, um, but it's always good to get that uh, younger sort of uh, side of things. Like, you know, Deluded, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? Thank you for having me. I'm splendid, man. How's yourself? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, as I always say, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday up till four o'clock, I weren't feeling too good. But then the old Allendon plus Spurs come along and ease the pain, <laughs> don't they? They do ease the pain, yeah, they really do, do like, you know, so, but um, 
Yeah, let's go. Well, talking about that Friday night. What about that, guys? Um, I've got to say, like, for me, absolutely, I was fuming after that game, you know what I mean? Defensively, again, very, very poor. Deluge, we'll start with you because probably Harry was asleep when the game was going on. So, um, <laughs> uh, what, what, what's your take of it all? And what, what, what do you think, if you look at it, what do you think went wrong? It's a difficult one. What went right? Several things went wrong, in my opinion. First and foremost, I'd say I'd, I'd, I'd say probably tactical reasons, because I think a problem of Uno Emre, I'm not going to complain, he named a strong side, but when you look at Aubameyang on the flanks, it made sense because obviously they had Alexis and, and Shaw down the left-hand side. I think we was a bit too pragmatic. I feel Xhaka and Torreira didn't have the best of games. If you look at the second goal, Torreira's chasing, Torreira's ball chasing, Xhaka's chasing, they're both ball watching, and Lingard, yet again, has scored a counter-attack, and it's a literally three passes so it's more of the same essentially from Arsenal but probably in short the thing I'd probably be most annoyed about would be just our taking of chances we didn't take our chances when we was presented with them yes United you could say they defended well if you could say that but we just didn't take our chances it's cup tournament football you need to take your chances and we failed to do that to be fair there seems to be a little bit of a trend of us at the moment I, I, yeah. I think because We've been so weak in defence. I said it a couple of weeks ago, and, and there's no getting away from that fact that we are. But we do miss a lot of very, very good chances. We fail to convert basic chances. I don't know what it is because we get some great counter-attacking moves. We actually have a lot of possession with the football, but if you don't shoot, you don't score. And it seems like the same old problems from a couple of years ago are still there, regardless of a new manager, to be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, you know, Harry, do you think there's still the mentality thing with the team that's still you know, ingrained in them or, or whatever, because I, I just feel that watching the game on, on Friday, I just feel that we just, defending doesn't, how can I say it, like mean so much to us as, as probably attacking wise, you know, if, if, if I'll be honest, it, we haven't got anybody that's determined to be a defender, that loves defending. Do you know what I mean? I think like if you look at Mustafi, for instance, I think he likes to get on the ball and play a little bit, but, I think Socrates will come into that um, argument, but is it mentality or is it they're just not good enough? What is what is the problem with our defending? I think it's a bit of both. I think it's mentality. I think it's tactical. Um, and I've got my little tactics board out here today. Um, so I'm going to show you a couple of bits that I've picked up uh, watching Arsenal this season and that are frustrating me because I'm seeing them over and over again. And, you know, I, people will know that watch this show that I've been quite critical of Unai Emery this season at times. And, and that's not because uh, I want him sacked or because I, I you know, I've, I've got it in for him. I've got a beam up on it. It's purely down to the fact that I haven't seen enough improvement defensively as I would have liked. Um, you know, we started with a back four against United. And if you just take a look here, you know, this was the back four. And then you had Xhaka, Torreira, Ramsey sort of getting up in support with Lacazette, Aubameyang, Iwobi. The thing for me is if you're going to play the way that Unai Emery wants us to play, and that's with a high press, you need to make it count and you need to be aware of what you're leaving behind you. The spaces that Arsenal are leaving behind them are unbelievable at yeah. the moment. And this is a prime example. I think it was I can't remember which goal it was. I think the third one was probably the best example of this. Also, the the Lingard one, the second one. So say you've got Pogba here. You've got uh, Lukaku. You've got Alexis. Uh, nearly tipped it over there. You've got Alexis on one side. And then you've got, I think it was Lingard, wasn't it, on the other side. This is what keeps seeming to happen. Arsenal keep trying to press teams high up the pitch. And your fullbacks are coming all the way up here. Your, 
Yeah. Your your midfield players are also coming too far up the pitch. Now, when you play against a side like Manchester United, they will pass their way out of trouble. They will do that. You know, we can talk about Baye and Lindelof not being great defenders, but they're both pretty comfortable on the ball. And I think that's why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer probably prefers them to the likes of Phil Jones and Chris Smalling, because they are far more competent on the ball. They can play under pressure and, and they'll work their way out of trouble. And then what you end up with is your fullbacks caught really high up the pitch. And then as a result, you know, once you break through that midfield, you, you've there's gaping yes. holes here and you can run at the defence. And if you're, you've got a runner coming this way and a runner coming that way, your centre-backs are in a bit of trouble because then what they have to do, and you saw it with Granit Xhaka on the, the last goal, he, did, he was in two minds. You know, does he go out here and deal with deal with the problem or does he stay compact with his partner and ultimately they get pulled to pieces and there's a gaping hole in the middle of the team Lingard got in at one stage like that didn't he just inside yeah, the box yeah. and he finished um and it, it seems to be the same old problems so the, the 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 issue for me is not so much the defenders the issue is the midfield Xhaka and Torreira have got to be more disciplined if you're going to play this way they've got to be willing to drop drop into this gap to allow the center backs to go out and deal with problems on the flanks if they come about and that's just not happening at the moment Arsenal are just leaving gaping holes there's two center backs are being exposed i think two out of the three goals it was three United players running on two Arsenal defenders. Yeah. That is not on. It's that not acceptable. Not, not acceptable at this level of football. And and what was what was annoying about that, because I see it as well, is that Emery's standing there and didn't do nothing about it. And and one of the reasons I think that it's happening, uh, Harry, is because our 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 fallbacks are our width. So them two guys are going forward and trying to give us the the width that you know, like the uh, on the on the flanks. And, and what what's happening? If we have a my my argument is if we buy a proper wide player, right, that eliminates our fullbacks. Going, our fullbacks can stay at home a little bit more, like. But what's happening is because we're so compact in the middle with this diamond or whatever, we haven't really got any wide players. That we're trying to get their our, our width on our fullbacks. And of course, when you play against a very, very good side like Man United, who are good on the counter attack, um, we just played into their hands, totally played into their hands. And what what annoyed me about, and why I am critical of um, Emery only on this game, I'm not I'm not talking about games before and whatever. Is that two weeks ago we watched them do exactly the same tactic against Spurs, but Spurs have two quality central defenders in Vertonghen and Albert Verden. But they couldn't handle it in the first half. They was all over the shop. And I, I said to I said to my mate, I said, like, we ain't got a chance against them. We haven't got a chance against them with our central defenders. We're going to have to change our tactic here. And I was disappointed that Emery didn't do that. Deluded, was you, did you see that or did you feel that? I did. I, I share your I share your sentiment. And I feel I feel it's a bit of both, really, because I have a lot of sympathy for you know, Emery to a degree because he's working with some shameful players. The players have to be proactive. My big thing is, similar to what Harry's saying, we don't take a proactive, calculated approach to defensive aspects of the game. When it's in an attacking sense, you see everybody making runs off the ball. So the, the, the mindset is there to think and process, I need to make a run. We we let runners come ahead of us. We we don't defend properly. Um, just before Harry moved his camera, yeah, I think he actually had a great example. He had two of our centre-halves, and he had which could have probably been Maitland-Niles out of position. Now, I've got sympathy for Maitland-Niles because he's not a natural fullback, but it's the gaps in it's the gaps 
gaps that we leave, like Harry said, throughout the field. And for someone, when he came to the club, people were saying, you know, Raids, he's this, he's that defensively, he watches a lot of videos, he analyzes the games. We're seeing the same goal conceded because the same goal that we conceded for Lingards, we conceded it against Brighton, we've conceded it against West Ham, we've conceded it against Palace. It's literally three, four passes that open us up and that's not on for a team that aspires to get to the top four. So I have a lot of sympathy with you, Emery, because he needs to bring his own players in. But I have to ask, what is being done on the training ground? For me, it all depends what they're doing off the ball. Because, again, I don't want to be unfair because I'm not on the training ground. But I have to suggest, what are we doing in terms of positioning? What, what are we doing? Because yeah. what we're seeing on the weekend, it doesn't correlate. I, 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 also, mean, think, I, sorry, I also think that we're hiding behind the fact of players being injured. Because, you know, when Rob Holding was inside... Um, uh, and, you know, Koscielny and, and, and it, these sort of um, performances and results uh, were still happening when when these players were playing as well, Harry. Defending. Yeah, so it's, it's just not, it's, it's not just um, because, like, you know, someone actually said, oh, because Rob Holding's not playing in the team and all that. Shouldn't well, be, that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case. And, and so I feel that we, we, we can't hide behind the fact... I, I'm saying arguments. We've having discussions, Harry. Is it that the defensive players? I'm going to go on to Shaka in a minute. We'll just talk about defensive players to start off with. Are these defensive players good enough, or can can they not be coached? So it's now let's let's do away with them and, and start again. Are they world class? The answer is no. There's no doubt about that. Is Socrates a world class centre back? No, he's a decent centre back. Is Lauren Koscielny a world class centre back? I would say that he probably never was. Um, is Mustafi? No, again. But what I will say is there are teams with worse individuals than us that defend better as a unit. And that's why I get frustrated. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the reason that our defence has been exposed of late as well has been Lucas Torreira. And, you know, he got bags and bags of praise when he first came into the team because he was doing this. He was dropping in between the centre-backs, wasn't he? Getting the ball um, and just dropping in there as a third man, as a protector when he first came into the team. But lately, he seems to have got a bit of the Coquelin syndrome about him where he seems to be chasing things too high up the field for me, uh, too high for a defensive midfielder. And maybe that's an Emery tactic because he wants to press people. He wants to catch people out. But if you don't make that press, if you don't win the ball back, you're in trouble. And it just seems to be happening over and over and over again. But in answer to your original question, those players should be able to have been coached at least a bit more than they have. I, like I said, I wanted to see an improvement. I'm not saying Arsenal were going to become title winners overnight. That was never going to happen. But, you know, you can keep talking about Unai Emery needs to get his own players in, but what's the point in, in using that argument when the transfer windows come and we're not doing anything about it? So he has to work with what he's got. And at the moment, I genuinely believe that there are other managers out there that could get this team uh, better drilled in a defensive sense, and and that's my thing with Emery right now. Well, I, I, and and uh, the point of that is, is I, I'm not saying that we wouldn't like, but Roy Hodgson has definitely done that at Crystal Palace. You know, what I mean, you're telling me that he's got players there that are not as good as what we've got. But I look at them yesterday, defensively sound as a pound. You know, what I mean, I know Spurs created a couple of chances, but not really like at will where they was opened up to, to to the degree that we've been opened up. You know, and this is my next point. You know, um. Deluded, come on to it there about Maitland-Niles. I'm a big fan of Maitland-Niles. I think that he's going to be a very, very good player, but not a right-back. So, we've brought in Lichtenstein to, to do that jo job. 
um, to cover Bellerin on on the odd occasions. Doesn't seem to be used now because I, I, I just don't think that that's worked. Is it time to bring Jenkinson back for a for a, for a couple of games? Is it, because I'm gonna I, I'm playing devil's advocate here. When I've seen Jenkinson this season, he's done nothing wrong in my book in the games that he's played. I know that he's played against uh, probably inferior opposition. But we're paying him a certain amount of money to to play every, uh, you know, to 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 be there every week. Why not use him um, if if there's nobody else? You know, surely as a right back also, you know, he is better than than Maitland Niles if he's played that all his season, all, all his career. To be honest with you, I feel Maitland Niles. If if it was if we're speaking in regards to Cardiff, I'd actually start Maitland Niles fullback. I think he gives something slightly better than Jenkinson. But in regards to City, barring a miracle and barring, depending on how Uno wants to set up, particularly if he goes free at the back, I'd probably bring in Jenkinson. Like you said, he's a bit more reserved. He's a bit more of an old-fashioned fullback. We are paying his wages. And whether we believe he should be at this club or not, we're at the point where we're down to the bare bones and we might as well use him. So I definitely share what you're saying in, in terms of bringing him in. I'd actually like the club to actually bring in a right back. That's obviously not going to happen. There's a couple young fullbacks we could look to integrate into the side. But it seems we're paying the price for cost cutting and, and and things like that in the summer where we really could have addressed all of this we knew we need even with this it's off topic but even with the center half thing we were going for Vida and things like this so obviously we knew we needed an extra center half so we're failing to plan in several incidences within our side if i'm honest Lee. yeah okay harry i would definitely give jenkinson a go because i think when you look at the business that we did over the summer we bought in a goalkeeper we bought in uh, a center back a right back and a defensive midfielder and when we're still talking about the fact that we can't defend so that tells me that the business we've done is not that great it hasn't been that fruitful as we may have hoped but then you know what confuses me is is emery's reluctance to try jenkinson at the end of the day he he's got jenkinson sitting there he's got licksteiner there who this regime whether it was emery himself or not we don't know but this regime brought in but you would prefer to play a central midfield player at right back. And no matter how good a prospect Ainsley Maitland-Niles is, it's not his position. And, you know, he can be comfortable on the ball and, and do lots of things right. But the the ultimate thing of being a defender is having that habit, isn't it? It's all about it's understanding, awareness, knowing where you are on the pitch. It's about knowing when to step up with your back four. It's about knowing when to tuck in and become more compact. It's about knowing when to go out to the winger. And for me, Maitland-Niles doesn't have those habits. And you're not going to learn those overnight. It takes years and years and years of playing a position to to really get a grasp of it. And at the moment, Ainsley Maitland-Niles hasn't got that. And we're paying the price for it. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's shocking that we've got two right backs sitting around in our squad and we're still playing players out of position. Sorry to, sorry to butt in, but um, I think you've got a great example there. Probably answered your question if you just look behind you at your board. That's probably why Maitland now probably gets the go-ahead of Jenkinson, in my opinion. I, obviously, people can't see it, but I'm looking at Harry's board. He's obviously got three centre-halves and he's got two full-backs. That's a big reason Maitland now probably... In Una, this is Una Emery's thinking. He probably deems Maitland now gives him more in an offensive sense. Likely, he was saying a bit earlier in the modern day in regards to the full-backs and the width of our team. That's probably why they get the go-ahead. I agree with you. Even if you look at United, Maitland-Niles for one of the goals are playing, is playing everybody on side on top of Koscielny and Mustafi doing what they're doing. Yeah. And he failed to track back for one of the goals where Mustafi, I think 
I'm not defending Mustafi. He was he was terrible, but just on looking at defended defensive aspects of the game, he had two men with him, and you can actually see Mustafi at sixes and sevens of what to do. Maitland Niles, his tracking back is far too slow. We know one of his greatest strengths and his weaknesses for me is that he takes everything in his stride. He doesn't get phased. And when you're playing at fullback, like Harry says, you're going to be prone to lapses of concentration and things like that. And it is costing us. Again, this is why we should invest in the summer or bring through young players. But we're, we really, in my regard, in my opinion, we don't kind of know what we're trying to do as a club. We've got rid of Mislintat, which it looked like to bring in young players. So we don't really know for the strategy. So when, if we don't know our long-term strategy... We're going to be sitting having these exact same conversations midway yeah. through another season. Exactly, and and a couple of things was going on about. I, I I think you're dead right. What I think against Cardiff, as as much as um I I would like to see their fullbacks coming, I think that we could probably get away from making the nails because we're going to have much a lot more possession and it'd be very very good. But when when you look about converting players, you know Lauren was converted from a midfield player to a right back. Um, in the Invincible seasons and play very, very well at there. Do you think that that could happen with Maitland-Niles or is it, is it just a stopgap till, till someone better comes in or, or Bellerin's fit or whatever? I mean, you can't rule it. I guess you can't rule out anything long-term. He said he wants to be a winger. He's clearly a central midfielder. I, couldn't, I wouldn't personally rule out him being a fullback because you don't know how football turns. But at this current moment in time, it doesn't look like him. For Una Emre's point of view, it's great to have someone in your squad like that. He says, play left back. OK, boss, I'll do that. Right back, he'll do that. He was obviously used in a hybrid wing back, right winger role against Liverpool. So it's good for the manager. But long term, we don't know what, um, what, what um, Maitland-Niles is going to be. And it's almost, you can draw parallels, parallels with Milner. Because if you look at James Milner, he can play left back, he can play right back, he can play central mid. He's previously played on the flanks. But what is his good position? Where, where does he excel at? If he was going to name the best people in his position, where would he rank? So we face Maitland now as becoming a jack of all trades, master of all none, a master of none if we yeah. don't sort him out. And, that, and that's not fair for a young kid. I don't. I yeah. don't think that personally. Like Harry, what what what's, what what do you think the long term for for uh, Az Maitland Niles is going to be? Um, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because I think at at that age, if just to get an opportunity in the first team, you're going to grasp it, isn't it? So he's going to take um, instruction from the boss and do what he's asked just to be playing. And, and that's fair enough. As a young player, you want to be playing every week. And the more games you get under the belt, under your belt, sorry, the better. But Lee, you compared him to obviously, well, not compared him, but you mentioned Lauren as an example of someone who was converted. I think the difference is that Lauren had a really stable side around him, didn't he? He had strong mm. centre-backs to pull him into position and, and in those days, good you know, point. the, the system was, yeah, the system was very different as well, wasn't it? It was sort of a, we had like a bit of a four-four-two with like a Ray Parler maybe in front of him or a Freddie Lundberg, um, who would give you a lot more defensively than what we're getting from maybe uh, having Mkhitaryan on the flank or a Bamiyang pulling out there. So I think that's the difference. But for me, with Ainsley Maitland-Niles, the guy is really composed on the ball. When he first broke into the team, that was the thing that took everybody by surprise. How composed is his kid? And as Deluded said, how he takes everything in his stride and he's so confident. Well, that's all well and good. But when you're playing out of position, I think you need to be a little bit more conservative. You are the last line of defence as a fullback and you need to just think a little bit more about your defensive responsibilities. Again, though, this is no criticism of the player. You put square pegs in round holes, this is what happens. And, and he's not the only one that's been a victim of it this season. I know Lee wants to talk about Granite Xhaka, but, you know, we can criticise him as well every week. But how many times has he been asked now to play at centre-back or left-back or left-wing-back? It's just happening all over the park at the minute. Yeah, we're going to go on to Granite Xhaka in a minute because it's, it's, it's a key, key point. 
we've got obviously Cardiff coming up now. Do, um, I, I've not been happy with the defending over the, and my biggest bugbear is that I've not seen no improvement with the defending um, from the shape and whatever from from one game to the next, and that's my big worry. We've got obviously Cardiff coming up. Bearing in mind we've got Manchester City on the on the uh, Sunday. Do we go? Does um, Monreal come back into the team now for the next couple of games as as a, a left back, or do we keep with Kolesnac? Do we keep, um, or do we play Mustafi at right back and maybe Shaka in at central defender along with uh, Mav coming? Obviously, he's got to come into the side now. I'm going to call him Dino because I can't say second name, so we'll <laughs> go with Dino. Um, I think that he's got to come in. But if if you're going to play Dino, I would probably like to see a more uh, established central defender alongside him. So, you know, it would have to be Mustafi for me coming into that role. But do we do we go back now? You know, part of me thinks that Kolasinac should play against Cardiff because we're going to have plenty more of the ball. But certainly against Man City, I want to see proper defenders in there. So what 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 do we what do we see as our back four for the for these next couple of games? Well, I think Manchester City, I actually, funny enough, without the Cardiff game, I think he'd probably go free at the back because I think it's a bit of a conundrum against City. Um, I agree with you. We have to be a bit more conservative, but this City team's going to eat us apart if we sit. They're going to eat us apart if we attack. So I'd probably see him going with Kola. If he goes with Kola, funny enough, I'd actually want him to play Monreal at centre-half in a free... In a yeah, free. Good point. Yeah, it, would give us a bit, it would give us a bit of stability. Um, I'd play probably play Jenkinson, but he'd obviously probably, in my opinion, go with Maitland now. So we'd probably need to find a bit more conservative solutions. Um, in regards to Cardiff, Mavropanos, let him get minutes. You're probably looking at him playing against City and Mustafi if he's fit. Um, I actually don't know for Kishelny. I heard he, he dislocated his jaw. Hopefully he's back, but you could probably give him some minutes if he is back against Cardiff. But in regards to City, it's, it's quite bleak, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, Harry? I'd probably go with, um, I'd probably, even if he sticks with a back four, I'd probably still play Monreal at centre-back alongside Mustafi. I think that's probably the safest option. Um, you know, he's experienced. I think Monreal's lost a bit of pace uh, in this last couple of seasons. And he's a bit like Azpilicueta at Chelsea, that he can slot into that centre-back role if needed. And and I just think that that would probably be the safest way to go. Mavropanos, look, I, I'm Greek and I want to see him do well. Of course I do. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, he is really, really raw and really, really unproven. I think he played twice, didn't he, at the back end of last season, won a game away at United, and then he, he got sent off, didn't he, at Leicester, I think the second to last game of the season. So, you know, for me, I think people are getting a little bit overexcited about him at this stage. I don't think he's ready to start in the first team. Um, hopefully having Socrates there will help him. Um, you know, he's, he's a hero of his and hopefully he'll guide him down the right path. But for me, it would be Monreal and Mustafi at centre-back. And going back to the United game, I couldn't understand why Monreal didn't come off when Koscielny went off injured and why Granit Xhaka was asked to drop back in there. So, uh, you know, Monreal's been underused for me at the moment. I know he's had his injury problems, but for me, he's he's still probably the best defender at Arsenal Football Club. I agree. That's sad. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I looking at that. I, I think because they wanted to get Mesut Ozil on, that's why they didn't do that because it meant that they could just drop uh, Shaka in there and bring Mesut Ozil on into that role. I, I don't think that was the right thing to do, by the way. But I, I agree with you. I felt they should have um, gone with Monreal in there. Like for me, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I want to see. Um, I'm going to say Mav. I want to see him. I want to see him. I, I'm not. You know. I, I feel that he's one for the future. He had a fantastic debut at Man United. You know. Um, 
it wasn't the easiest of um, places to go to. I, I know he got caught out for the for the Leicester game, but I, I'm seeing other players. Uh, you can't do any worse. Yeah, exactly. I've seen. I'm seeing more. I've mm. seen everybody make mistakes. So I'd rather see him make those mistakes and learn and become a a top player than 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 what we've got at the moment. That's my feeling. I, I feel like you know, just say to him that whatever happens now, you're you're here to the end of the season in and 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 see if he can do it, you know. And, and my argument to that is that Tony Adams was 17 and they chucked him in, Martin Keown, they chucked him in. Somewhere along the line you've got to take a gamble with the, with these young and, and I'll be honest, what I've seen of him, I like him, whether he's Greek or not uh, Harry, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that at the end of the day, um I I think that we've we've got to go with him. I, I do agree I, I think I can see where you, what you're saying with the Monreal one um, coming in there with with Mustafi, but do you know what? I'd rather see him come in the side alongside Monreal, and Monreal guide him a little bit more than Mustafi. You know what I mean? As far as I'm concerned, you know, he's had enough chances, Mustafi, and that's that's my my opinion now. Like you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I've got a lot. I quite like the idea of a back three. Going to say Mustafi on one side, Mav in the middle, and maybe Monreal on the left hand side. We've got to try something to, to, to sort out this shambolic defending, you know, um, for whatever whatever it'll be. And, and it, if that is the case, and it, you know, it means that Kalazanec and um, Maitland-Niles haven't got so much defensive duties playing in that wing, uh, wing-back roles, then I'm happy to go with that, I'll, I'll be honest. But I want to see some sort of change in there. That's, that's my opinion of it. So now we're going to go on to, um, to Harry's main man, his love of his life. Um, <laughs> Shaka, you know what I mean. Now, first of all, I've got to say this. Now, I have seen the um, the video of fans having a go at him and all that. Like, you know, whatever a player does or doesn't do, you know, if I see Mustafi coming out of the field, I would never abuse him or anything like that. I just don't know what is the matter of our fan base at times to to do that. Well, 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 first of all, what's 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 your take on that, boys? It's not needed, man. I mean, keep it strictly football. Like, again, I wasn't there, so I can't verify the rumours, but there's allegedly rumours that his wife and family got it. I mean, they don't deserve it. Keep your opinions as opinions. And, yeah, it's just, it's disgraceful. It's it's distasteful, essentially. And, yeah, you don't want to hear about anything like that, to be fair with you. It's quite disgusting. Yeah. Harry? Um, Yeah, it's, it's not on, is it? And I think, you know, we've got a lot of toxic supporters for some reason. And, in the recent years, there seems to be more and more of it. Um, and I don't know if these people were always following the club or if maybe social media has just given them a, a platform to to grow on. I, I don't know what it is, but there's so so fans like that. And for me, it's not on. No human being deserves to be out with his wife and get that. Um, you know, he's with his missus. What's it got to do with her at the end of the day? So you don't like the way he's playing. Um, but I think... The, the thing with Arsenal fans is that there are certain players that we use as scapegoats. And Granite Xhaka is one of them. Mesa Ozil is another one of them. Hector Bellerin was one of them at the beginning of the season. And then people started to wake up, particularly when he got injured and realised that actually this guy's really important to the That's way we play season, football. Yeah. That's, That's it. And, and it's there's so many players like that over the last few years that Arsenal fans have made scapegoats. And Granite Xhaka is just the next one in a long line of that. And... Uh, you know, been out, it's been horrible out since but... the seventies, Harry. That is, you know what I mean, like with scapegoats, <laughs> field players, or whatever. And it, it really is, honestly, it is. You know, but my take on Shaka, and I will say it now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have it out there. I'll, let's get it out there. You know what I mean? I don't really know what he does. You know, <laughs> is, is he a holding midfield player? Is he a player that goes through? 
Um, I, I so, so want to be proved wrong with him. I, do, I really do because, I, you know, I, I, I've got to go on to the things that I do like. He's got a lovely left foot and that, that uh, cross-field pass, you know what I mean, at times, like a hammer, you know what I mean, it's superb. You know, and, and I can see for that reason why he stays in the team. But there's so many annoying things about him, the way he doesn't uh, track back, get back into position. It's not danger at all. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sniff out danger. What is his best position? Is he going to make it at Arsenal? I'm going to go on to deluding this one first, Harry, like, you know what I mean, before I come to you on this. Like, what? What's your take on him? On a, 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 do you think that he has a future at Arsenal or is he one of the players we've got to sacrifice? Now, Xhaka's a weird one because my relationship with Xhaka is weird because I, I think he's actually a, a decent player. He just... He's not, as, he's not as good as his playing time currently suggests. Clearly, you know, Embry and Wenger got way more experience in football than me, whether I believe in him or not. He's in he's in both of their teams. So he clearly offers something. For me, Xhaka, as much as I like him, I believe he can be used in the squad, but he's too negligent to be used on a full-time basis. His pro, his cons are out, outweigh his pros. Like you said, he's got a lovely pass. Keywords, when he gets given a lot of time on the ball, few midfielders are better than him. But he's just, it's, it's essentially, it's... it's He's just not good. He's not switched on enough. I think a big thing with Xhaka is he, Jorginho's twice the player he is. But with them sort of players, I think it's a cultural thing in that their their positions they mainly are teams built around them. Theirs is to get onto the ball. They're in a, they're in defensive positions, picking the ball up off centre halves, but they're not really defensive. Xhaka, I never saw that with him at Gladbach, and he's actually described himself as a false ten. So I have no clue what he is. Um, yeah, it's just he's defensively, he's just he's just simply not good enough. And I think he actually harms Torreira quite a lot. There's no coincidence we seem to look better in a three. I think a big reason as Torreira at times, it, probably these recent games hasn't got the best out of him is because Xhaka is at sixes and sevens. He's just doing essentially what he wants to do. People always talk about how you can't have Aaron Ramsey and Meza Ozil in the same side, especially under Una Embry. But people forget about Xhaka. When you look past the ball playing and how he dictates the game and things like that. He's essentially another passenger because if Ramsey makes them runs from deep, if Ozil goes deep and um, goes high up the field as well and doesn't track back, Xhaka normally gets caught in the same way. So it's another passenger essentially that doesn't get spoken about. I like him, but I don't know why he's constantly in the side. And in regards to making it, I think I'd be inclined to believe yes, because you know, Emre made him a captain. He signed a new deal and he seems to be playing, whether it's in central mid, left back, like he said earlier, or in or in um, defence. So I'd be inclined to believe he's going to be here for the foreseeable future, at least. Harry? I'm going to refer to my little tactics board again. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, think, I think that a lot of uh, what's happening to Granite Xhaka at the moment is, is, again, tactical. I think, Deluded, you mentioned Jorginho. Mm. And if you remember back a few weeks ago when Chelsea got hammered against Spurs at Wembley, yeah. took, the took him out, they took him out of the game. They took him out of the they game. Took yeah. him out of the game exactly. That was what they did. They allowed Spurs allowed Chelsea to have the ball along the back line, mm. and then they pushed up into that midfield area and they stopped the ball out of the defence into Jorginho. They put him under immense pressure. They kept dispossessing him. And when you win the ball that high up the field, you know you're going to cause your opponent problems. Now. Um, Lee, we were at the West Ham game and I think this was a, a really good example of it. Um, if you look, we played with a back three, didn't we? Yeah. Down at West Ham. And this was sort of the back three. West Ham sort of said to us, and, and Brighton were probably the first team, I would say, that worked this out this season. They pushed really high up the field, uh, just to about here. Not quite on our back three, but they just pushed their players sort of into our midfield area and they allowed our back three to have so much of the ball. I mean, we were talking about it on the way home. How many times 
did the centre-backs get on the ball and just play sideways passes to each other? What these teams are now looking to do is they're not looking to dispossess our centre-backs. Emery's asking his wing-backs to push right up to the halfway line. Okay, and the midfielders are trying to get the ball out off the defence. But what these defenders are doing is simply cutting out these channels. They're simply cutting out those channels. And then when you do get the ball to Xhaka or Torreira or Guendouzi or whoever it is in that position, they're instantly crowded out. And the only option is to go back to the defence. And we don't seem to have that next step, that next move in our play. And Granite Xhaka is a bit of a victim of that. He makes lots of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he doesn't. He gives the ball away plenty. He does silly things. He switches off, doesn't always track oh, back well. as much as he should. He's immobile. That's right. But for me, teams have sussed out that when Arsenal play with this back three in particular, let Arsenal have the ball in this area. Arsenal ain't going to hurt you from there. The fullbacks have pushed up too far. If you cut out the channel to the fullbacks, they ain't getting the ball either. And then all you need to do is push up your midfield a few steps forward and you've, you've closed these guys down. And then you're forcing Granite Xhaka to play with his back to the opponent's goal. And that's exactly what he doesn't want to be doing. Yeah, very good point. Like, you know, so, so, so do you think that's why then Emery has decided to go back to a back four then? Yeah, I, I think that Unai Emery, what, what was happening was with the back three, we were playing in this sort of way and we couldn't, Get, when we were getting the ball into the midfield, we couldn't find that next phase of play and we kept going backwards. And that has come from the fact that we didn't have an extra man in here in this midfield area. By playing with the four at the back, you've got that extra player in there, haven't you? And, and the three can sort of go like that and open up and create more space. And it's harder to obviously pick up three men than it is two. It's harder to shut out all of those channels. And I genuinely believe that that is why Unai Emery's gone back to the back four because that that... Um, what's the word? The recycling of the ball from the defence into the midfield was just not happening. And, and you know, Granite Jacob, whether he's in a, in the midfield uh, three or a midfield two, was was suffering from that. Hopefully, now with a bit more sort of weight in the middle, Aaron Ramsey's been dropping in there and helping out as well. You've got three options then, and three options is always better than two. Yeah, I'll get that. One of the criticisms that people are hitting at Uriah at the moment is that he's not getting the best out of his players. Maybe he's not getting the best out of Shaka. Certainly not got the best out of Meza Ozil. Um, is you know this a bit of a worry for us? Certainly not got the best out of Mkhitaryan neither. By the way, like you know, and are we getting the best out of um, Abamyang up front? Like you know, um, is another real question that's being sort of chucked at Emery at the moment and. All of those sort of questions were chatting to him going into the game against, you know, after the game against Man United. But my, my argument is that, that he certainly got a tune out of them when we played Chelsea because we was outstanding. All those players were outstanding. So is it, um, again, down to the players that they're not consistent enough or is it down to the manager not getting the best out of them? What, what, what's our take on this? Because I think it's an interesting little debate, this. I think it's a bit of both, personally. Personally, what, what one of my big feet rings feet uh, there. One of my big reasons with Una Emery is I find him a bit too pragmatic at times. At times he's put, he's pulled off he's pulled off tactical masterclasses. But at times I think he he needs to be a bit more bravery. It's like he starts panicking if if we're one nil ahead or something like that. It's, it's no fair enough. We was playing at home, but it's no coincidence. You could see our performance. Look at our performances at home against Spurs, Liverpool, and there's another one I'm forgetting about. Um, Chelsea and then look at them away yeah we have issues away but we're pressing consistently we're believing in ourselves we're a bit he's a bit too 
pragmatic. He, he'll, he'll, he'll set up the team as three at the back to give us a bit of stability, but he'll tell it's more or less like he's telling them to stay back. I don't think he's promoting enough bravery within the side, even if you look at games against Palace, where we were trying to get back into the game and he made a whole host of substitutions that kind of killed us in terms of creativity. I have some sympathy with him because it's difficult because how do you know this best side? How do you quantify this best side? People will point to Aubameyang playing out wide. It's not his best position. But in games like in, against United, I kind of get it because like I said earlier, when you've got the threat of Luke Shaw, whether you believe in him or not, he's an attacking sort of fullback. You've got Alexis Sanchez. So just the fact that his pace is out wide would give Shaw something to think about. But it's too often they're not. He's doing things along them natures. He's not thinking about what we can do. Now, again, we are quite poor as a side, so I'll cut into slack, but that's just my big take. Harry? I, I don't think he's getting the best out of, out of a lot of the players at the moment. And we speak, we've spoken about the changing of formation all the time and a changing of system. For me, you know, there's you, you look at the top managers out there, you look at Pep Guardiola, and I know he's got millions at his disposal to do what he wants, but he's got a philosophy, hasn't he? Jurgen Klopp has got a philosophy. Even Maurizio Sarri has got a philosophy. Whether you agree with it or not is another matter. But with when you've got a manager who constantly changes uh, what he's trying to do, as players, surely, and Lee, you've played football to a really good level, surely as a player, if your manager's chopping and changing it every week, you'll start to question whether he actually believes in what he's doing. Because if if you don't believe in something, you change it. And if you're changing it week in, week out, one week is a back three, the next week is a back four. You could argue it's being pragmatic. For me, it's a manager that doesn't know what he's doing yet. And and for me, it's taken far too long for him to settle on a system. Um, yeah. I know it's early days overall, but it's taken too long to decide on whether you want to play. You start the season with a back four, you went to a back three, and now you've reverted back to the back four. So for me, it seems like he's a bit unsure himself and that filters through to the players, maybe. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and, and certain, certainly, I don't feel, from that point of view, I, I feel that the injuries have hampered him a little bit from that. But what 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 I, I, I look at is, you know, when I was when I was playing, we, we going back years ago, we, we played with a back three. But we had two, two um, players played for us that were wing-backs, that played wing-back. And my God, they was fit as fiddles. You know what I mean? Like, they could get up and down, up and down. Um, and um, so the manager at the time felt that the best system to play was to, to utilise this, was them to play as, as a wing-backs and play a back three. Now, that, that system he believed in and it, and it, 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 it worked well for us. And, uh, you know, we was all fighting to try and get in the in the, the little Mesut Ozil role, but unfortunately I never got there. I had to do the holding, but that, that was the way it was. But but it worked. And and what we done is we worked on that week in, week out. But the one good thing about that system, even, and we, we was like semi-professionals, was that if things weren't going well, there was a system in place where one of us would drop back and, and make it a 4-4-2 four, four, or 4-2-1-1, four, four, one, one, you know what I mean? So it was, you know, even at that level, even at that level when you're just training on a Tuesday you know, when I played, most of the times we were playing on a Tuesday night. So the only we work on a Thursday, and if it was, we didn't have a game on a Tuesday, we'd work it Tuesday, Thursday. But this is my, my biggest bugbear with, 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 Arsenal at the moment, they've got five days a week to try and work on this. You know what I mean? It's a lot better for, for them to try and work on the system. If it's not working, change it. Now, I get it that it's a lot harder, for, you know, opposition and there's a lot of tactical things. But if you sit on a system and you work on it, everybody should know what they're doing. And you're going to, you know, you can play against the, uh, the opposition of, uh, you know, the, the 
we we done it uh, uh, lots of times. And I'd say it was sometimes it was feisty reserves versus first team. It was feisty, you know what I mean? Like, but you would get the the how he was going to be playing. It wasn't about results. It was about doing the right things. This is what you got to do. This is how you do it. You get three options: play it in here, play it in there. And I just don't see that with enough of that. Doesn't see enough of it with our team, and that's that's a big bugbear of mine. It really is. And I, and I, and I feel that people turn around and say. Um, to to you, uh, I keep getting this question coming in. We haven't got. He hasn't got the players. He hasn't got the players. These are professional footballers, so there must be something that they can do good. He has got to find a system that suits our players. Now we can go on about like um, for for seven eight months now. There there hasn't been a system to suit Meza Ozil. You know what I mean? Like who is a wonderful footballer. Why has that not been uh, addressed? You know, I, I get the fact that if it's not going to be addressed and he doesn't feel it is, then we've got to get to, to you know, we have to move him on. I, I get that. That's football's ruthless. But it doesn't seem like we're going to be doing that. And and I, I don't know how you guys felt. I, I, I watched it on Friday night and I felt it was a desperation to get him on the on the park. Whether it, I didn't, I thought, well... You know, as you're saying, like Monreal probably should have come into to, to the central defence and not Shaka. If he was going to get him on, you know, maybe it took Shaka off. But there didn't seem to be. It's just I've got to get I've got to get him on. I've got to get him on. Um, and and, and I, I feel at times that we that he's how can I put it without being I don't want to be disrespectful to him that he just doesn't know how to fit these players into 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 the team now seven eight months down the line surely you surely you, you should know that i mean because all the spe all the speak when he signed for the club is how if you remember he knows all the players from mavropanos down to everyone that's been here the longest he'd rather win five four than one nil and like you said you're not really seeing a sort of philosophy now i'm not going to be disrespectful he clearly i don't know it but he clearly has some sort of philosophy centered around working hard high energy and things like that but I don't we don't we don't see it. It shouldn't matter if you're playing a like you said, a back three or a back two. People should know a system. I do think in today's modern age that a lot of that relies on the players because I feel with player power, they don't necessarily have to retain information because if they weren't if they was to mess up on the weekend, they don't get they don't necessarily get dropped and feel and feel it. They get dropped in today's market, it's they, they want to leave and things like that. So a lot like you said, a lot of it is with the players, they have to be active thinkers. It shouldn't always be on Uno Emre what he's doing in terms of management, but like like Harry said earlier, you have to wonder what we're doing in training because it's been eight or nine months and we don't know what we're doing. We're seeing playing out from the back. I'm seeing good counter-attacks and I'm actually seeing us decent from set pieces and how we mix it up. So there clearly is something going down in terms of coaching and how he yeah. wants to play. But in terms of fluidity, I don't see it. The only things I actually see actively is our centre-half splitting and either Xhaka or Torreira coming deep. Like you said with Mesut Ozil, there's that, that question could be asked around several players. We could ask it around the full-backs. We could actually ask it around Torreira and any pivot we want to sit here and make, we can ask that around Obama and he's, he's alternating in between the, um, through the middle and on the flanks. And obviously Lacazette's in the side now, but is every week or, or whatever draws up a new debate with him. He's either being subbed, he either doesn't fit it, you know, Emery wants him, then he doesn't. So the question marks are over certain players, and I get it, it's his first season, but for someone that was spoken about as being so meticulous, to be in this position right now in terms of what we're speaking about, it does raise several question marks, like you said. The thing is as well, though, if like, you know, we started the season, the City game, the Chelsea game, and we were kind of like, oh, my God, why are we playing like this from the back? Why are we taking so many risks? Why are we pressing so high up the field? We're going to keep getting exposed. 
And whilst I didn't really agree with it, I could see the the idea and I was willing to give the idea time. And, and as the season's gone on, you know, you probably would have been less annoyed if you saw a particular system, a particular way of playing being stuck to by the manager. And then we can measure the progress of it as the season goes on. But the fact that he keeps chopping and changing it, players are changing. You don't know what team he's going to pick from one week to the next. For me, that is someone that doesn't quite know what he wants to do yet. And like you said, we're six, seven months down the line now, and that is worrying. Yeah, it is, it is worrying. And what, one, one of the things that, that does worry me is that we was outstanding against Chelsea in the system. And then we come to the next guy. I know it's the FA Cup and the system was changed. You know, and that, that, that that's what worries me. Like, I know we're, we're a little bit negative. I want to bring it on to a positive spin now because, you know, as as bad as all this is for the moment, the flaws that we're at, we are three points off of top four. Now, this time last season, people have said to me, well, where's the improvement? Where's the improvement? Well, this time last season, we had no chance of top four as far as I'm, I was concerned. You know what I mean? But we are in with a chance of top four. And I think that this, if we can get this sorted, if he can get himself a structure at the back and sort this midfield out and 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 fire like, you know, Lacazette and Aubameyang up front because I, I look at it, Tottenham have got their problems at the moment. I don't think Higuain's going to be the answer for Chelsea. I really don't like, you know, I mean, what I've seen of him over the last sort of year or so. Like, would I, I would much prefer to have a Lacazette and Aubameyang instead of him, if I'll be honest. So, you know, we've got still in with a chance of... of, of, of of, do, of getting into the top four. Now, can we do it? Can, can, and that's that's the thing now. Or, or are we? Or are we as, pardon the pun, deluded? Because <laughs> um, you said it, I'll go. Um, I'd say I would love to sit here and be proven wrong, and I really want it to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. We definitely have. We the way you've put it, we definitely should be having more of a fight of it and making more of a meal of it than we are. I just don't think it can happen because the size that we're fighting against. They've kind of got a stable back five or four or three, depending on how they look at it. They've got a way of sort of playing. And we've still, everybody's got tough games, but we don't know what we're getting week in, week out. Now, we expect tomorrow to beat Cardiff, but we don't know. The last time we played Cardiff, didn't we have to wait until the last nine minutes or so to beat them? Against City, we don't know what is going to happen. So I would love to sit here and be optimistic, but I really think, if anything, the Europa League's our best chance of playing Champions League football next year. Mathematically, it's possible, so we, we should keep fighting. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I can't see it with the current crop of players we have. Harry? Yeah, I mean, of course, three points is, is nothing, is it, in football? And so you have to say that we've got a chance of doing it. I think we're slightly fortunate in the sense that Chelsea are going through a bit of a transitional period as well. And and they're the team that are in, are in our sights because Spurs are a good seven points ahead of us, aren't they? And it'd probably be more by the time uh, we take on City as well. So I think we're kind of fortunate in the sense that Chelsea are going through this like we are. Um, as opposed to us being better than we were last season. Because if you look at the points tally, I don't think there's much difference in it from between now and last season. It's more of what the teams around us are doing. And and like you said, Chelsea have had problems. They've brought in Gonzalo Higuain, a player I've watched loads of um, over the years in Serie A, but he's not, I'm not convinced that he's going to cut it in the Premier League. Um, but the only advantage that Chelsea do have over us is the fact that they've got Eden Hazard and, and he is a world, world-class player. And we don't have that. The only player that we probably do have in our squad that is capable of reaching those heights has been isolated by the manager and frozen out. So 
Um, that that worries me. I personally don't think we're going to do it. I agree with deluded Europa League backdoor is is our best way of of getting back in. I think. But but say with Chelsea, you know, if if something was to happen to Hazard, say if he got injured, you know, what I mean, like I, I look at Spurs' next three games; they're all winnable games, and I think that if um, dare I say it, Harry Kane and Deli Ali were available, they they you know, convincingly win those three games. But there is a doubt. There is a doubt that they can. I think that we've from from my point of view, we've we've got to win on on Tuesday night. I, I then whatever happens on Sunday happens. It's not it's we forget about that one. And and it's from then on that we've we've only got Manchester United to play out of the big of the top six, which is at home. Yeah, right so behind us as well. So um so, so again they're right behind us as well. Yeah, they're right behind us. So there's a, you know what I mean? But they've got some tough away. They've got to go to Liverpool. Um, and I think they've got Manchester City as well at uh, um, uh, Man City. So they've got some tough games coming up. Um, the way they're going at the moment, they could easily win them. So, uh, but I, I think that the, 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 while, while there's still a chance, we've still got to go for it. I, I Personally, I'm with you guys. I think that we're a little bit too inconsistent. You know what I mean? To... Uh, and I think defensively weak to to be able to mount this thing because I I think that even though our um, away form has improved to to last season, we couldn't have got much worse if I'll be honest. But we have improved our away form, but not sufficiently enough to 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 mount a top four challenge. That 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 is my uh, my feeling. But while I still feel that Chelsea and Tottenham at this moment in time are vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we've got to go to Tottenham in... So we've got to go to Tottenham as well, by the way. We've got to go to Tottenham in three, four weeks' time, is it? And if they haven't got Deli Alley and uh, Harry Kane playing for them, you know, we've got to fancy our chances. You know what I mean? Like, um, if we... Because, you know, if we don't, then we, you know, we we are deluding ourselves that we're going to ever be, a, you know, challenging for, for a top four. This is, you know, we've got an opportunity at the moment and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep faith in Emery. I know that I criticised him at the weekend because I felt that he deserved to be criticised, but it was the FA Cup, you know, um, if, if I'll be honest, you know what I mean? Petr Cech wouldn't have played if it was a league game. And I, I, I feel that if, um, if, if, if it was a league game, I think that he wouldn't have, um, left out Kundozi as well. I think that he'd have played him as well. So it is a big, big game. On, it is a big game on Tuesday night. It's going to be, you know, a funny atmosphere over there tomorrow with all what's gone on at the weekend and, you know, and, and the tragedy, you know, uh, surrounding Cardiff. Um, what, what what do we feel is going to happen at Cardiff? Do, do, are, are, we, are we going to, is it going to be a subdued atmosphere at first or, is, or are we going to come out Guns blazing, or what, what? What do we feel is going to happen? And, and bearing in mind, we've got to get home early because uh, it's going to snow afterwards. So we've got to got to get in and out of the Emirates as quickly as possible, right? You know. So what? What, what do we feel? We should. I. I, oh, I don't want to write off teams, and you can't really say anything until we've kicked a ball. But this is a game I refuse to consider losing. This game. I know they took us to the wire, and I, I said that earlier, and I sound like a bit of a hypocrite, but I can't consider anything less than winning. If they want to get top four, we need to take three points. And just if I put myself in these Arsenal fan, Arsenal players, sorry, shoes, they must be looking at the league, looking at their peers, thinking about the points they dropped. We dropped points against West Ham, Wolves, uh, Southampton. These silly points that all add up when you come in May. We're going to drop points again. But if you're one of them, surely you're thinking, we lost lost prevention. We win these games. Against City, we don't know what's going to happen. So we kind of need to do a damage limitation thing. We hope for the best on the Sunday or Saturday whenever we face them. But 
I can't consider anything less than a win on Tuesday, Lee, to be fair with you. Harry? I like that. Yeah, I think we'll win. I think Arsenal will win. Um, I think it will be a strange atmosphere. Um, I watched Neil Warnock's press conference today where he was talking about, obviously, the disappearance of Emiliano Salah and all that and how that's had a massive impact on the club and him personally. And I get all that. And I think um, Cardiff's preparations would have been seriously damaged by that, um, as with anybody's, um, given the circumstances. But I expect Arsenal to go out and win. But like you said about the atmosphere, I think the atmosphere will be a strange one, um, particularly with the Cardiff supporters, um, you know, and, and all that's gone on around that club. But in terms of the football and putting all that to one side, Arsenal need to, uh, as Deluded said, there's no doubt about it. It's got to be a victory. If we've got any hope of making the top four, these are the games that you need to win. Bread and butter home games against clubs that ultimately at the end of the season will be fighting for their lives. Got to win it. No excuses. If if um, if we win it convincingly, you know, um, does that tell a story that you know we 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 feel that we've still there's a bit of pressure on, or say like if if we struggle, do we look at that as a, as a negative? Do you know do you know what I'm saying? Like you know, if we we're expected to win, but if we, if we struggle through, is it oh well it's we're struggling because it's Cardiff or. Or are we just going to say that, you know, it's about getting results? Or, or do we expect Arsenal to come out all guns blazing and win this game comfortably? Uh, you'd expect an all guns blazing performance, but nothing's easy with Arsenal. In regards to if we if we was to kind of wobble through it, I would say for me personally, it wouldn't change much because I know it's kind of doom and gloom surrounding our club right now. But when we was on that 20 game or so unbeaten run and, and people were getting happy and stuff, if you looked, um, if you looked um, over these games, we were, we were, we were scraping through a lot of games, the Cardiffs and I haven't got several examples, but if we look through the list of how, when we scored goals, getting the rub of the green. So it'd just be a constant theme in regards to us. If we was to just um, win two, one or just scrape through it, in my opinion. But having said that, I'd like, I'd like a convincing victory. Um, in regards to the Cardiff situation, what surrounds them, I've got a lot of sympathy for what's happening and I hope it turns out for the best. But in regards to Arsenal and their players, they've got to put that all out of their mind. For 90 minutes, we have to be selfish and just claim three points and be at it from the from the off. We can't let the atmosphere get to us. I agree with both of you, however, that it'll probably be subdued. It'll probably be a bit of gloom in the air, and rightly so, because, yeah, it's a sad, it's a sad tale. Yeah, it is. I felt I felt so sorry for Neil Warnock when I watched that interview today. You know what I mean? You either love him or or you don't or you hate him. But I I, I I'm going to be honest. I quite like uh, Neil Warnock, and, and I, you could see that it's it's taken a strain on him. Where you know I I, I think that uh, you know I thought it was a great thing. He said that, that the players just need something to take their mind off him, and what better than a game of football? And I think they're going to come out. Up to, to tomorrow and give us a real good go. I think, like, you know, it'd be, a, be, a, be, a, be, a, be a good game. Um, right. So we're going to predictions, and we're all we're all believing that um, we're going to beat Cardiff, and then we're going to go on to uh, to Manchester City um, quickly before we just as we're going to wrap up, like that. You know, so we'll leave it on a high, shall we? Shall we leave it on a high, like Manchester City away, like that? You know, I mean, what is our take on this game? What what are the consequences if we get beaten heavily? What are the consequences if we went up there and won? What would what is the um, general feeling if um, uh, uh, of what this game's going to be and what it will represent and what will it tell us on a results-driven way? Deludi, what do you think? 
Oh man, if we was to win, then I mean, I'd be ecstatic. I'd give the boys the praise because I can't, I can't see it happening. I would hope that the players we've been here before with Chelsea and actually with Spurs that they use this as a platform to kind of propel or give top four their best shot. But I can't see it, Lee. I really, I really can't see it. What actually happens on a football pitch is different, but tactically, I can't see how we would beat them because I've seen sides um, give them a good goal, but a lot of the sides that have done that that are actually below us, they're better organised and things like that. So I can't, I really can't, I can't see it. I can't see anything other than probably three, two, anything from two to four goals for Manchester City. To be fair with you, and I want to be wrong. I hope to God I'm wrong, but. Yeah, that's all I can see. It's just a different beast. The only thing I can hope for is that they've played a lot of games, they're competing um, for a lot of trophies, and maybe I don't think pressure affects them, but just maybe natural pressure and fatigue and just being lethargic is the only things we have in our favour. I always fair. think with lethargic, like that, that is a worry because when you play Arsenal, you don't have that. If you've got Crystal Palace, or if you're somebody like Crystal Palace or Brighton, the players think, but they never think that about Arsenal, do they? Like, oh, it's Arsenal, they're going to be right up for it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, and then we're never going to get a lethargic performance, you know, because I think, like, maybe there was a little bit lethargic against Crystal Palace and they got caught out on it. Like, you know, they're not gonna, it's not going to happen because it's Arsenal. Harry, what's your thinks, thinks on this one? What's the thoughts? City's a, a free hit for us. If we go up there, we perform. Um, even if we don't get the result, if we go up there and perform, it's, it's a confidence booster. Um, but the gap between the two sides at the moment is so big that I don't expect they're not asking to get anything. If we lose, we move on. We take it on the chin. We expect it to lose and we get on with things. If we do win, though, you know, it's a massive confidence boost. And, and that's how I'm looking at that game. It's a free hit. But the fact that that game is around the corner means that getting all three points against Cardiff is absolutely, absolutely vital. vital. Yeah, yeah well, I think that's... Uh, so... Could could it be another Liverpool mauling, or, or are you thinking a little bit uh, more positive, boys? What, what, come on, let's be honest now. What's, let's have some predictions on the scores. Come on, I'm not going to let you two sit on the fence on this one. I want it. What are we going for? Three-one Man City, but I'd love it to be two-one Arsenal. I just I just see three or four for City. I'd love to be wrong, but I just they're just on a different level, and we don't even know who's going to be playing centre half for us. So even if Kashani is fit, you saw against Lukaku, Lukaku pulling into channels gave him a tough time. So imagine Sane, Sterling, um, Sergio, and whoever. It's just yeah, it's three-one Manchester City. Harry? I'm going to go three-nil City, three-nil. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I'm going to go with Deluda. I, I think that Arsenal might score. You know what I mean? So, uh, so six one. <laughs> no, no I, I think it'd be about three one as well. I just got a thing that, um, you know, they've got uh, three games in a week, and you know, I think they they travel to Newcastle. Is it tonight, tomorrow night? I think they go to Newcastle, um, and then I think that, um, like they, like Liverpool, I think that uh, they, they take the foot off the gas. I think that you know, so I, th I think that we we'll be. Um, Happy to get away with a free one and, and dust ourselves down and go from there. Like, and that's what I think. Like, you know, so we'll leave it on that positive note, shall we? <laughs> but like, uh, no, I think at the end of the day, I, 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 I'm agree with you, boys. I think tomorrow night is is the big one. I think it's so important that we uh, we turn up there. And I, the one thing that that worries me is that the atmosphere tomorrow, the crowd. I don't think. Um, a lot of uh, I think a lot of fans might even miss this one out because the weather wise it's you know there's, they're talking about snow tomorrow aren't they night so I, I feel this is a one where the, where the boys are really for mentality wise have got to be really up for it and I think it is a big big game I really do and I think it could be a defining game for for us tomorrow just a quick one as well Craig's just texted me saying he says 7-0 to the Arsenal 
Seven nil to the Arsenal, like you know what I mean. <laughs> so he's not at work; he's on the lash. Then is that what we're saying? Then, like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right, lads. We've just gone over the hour. So listen, deluded. Thanks. For that. I've got to say, been absolutely brilliant, mate. Absolutely Thank you for fantastic. Me, you know what I mean? Great talking. It's always great to to listen to your points of view and all that and uh, so thanks for coming on it's been uh, an absolute yeah, pleasure you know? and, and Harry uh, congratulations to the baby good to have you back and um, thank you mate. obviously uh, we'll be talking next week after um, after uh, our next two games just want to say for everybody that goes tomorrow um, if the snow does uh, come tomorrow like make sure you get yourselves home nice and safe and um, enjoy the, the game tomorrow and of course uh um, also, Manchester City, uh, enjoy the, enjoy the travelling up there, and um, hopefully, fingers crossed, the, the, the Gunners can can do something. But would it be fantastic if the Arsenal went up there and and we did turn it around? Like we've got to do it somewhere along the line. If it's not if it's not here, let's hope it's at Wembley in a few weeks' time. Like yeah, boys, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for everybody that's uh, watched, and uh, thanks for your um, continuing support for us. It's been absolutely brilliant over the last. Uh, a week or so all the all the comments that we've been getting and all that now we're back so thanks for everybody supporting us it's much appreciated so until uh, next week when we'll get back Craig and um, he'll be doing the hosting he does it a lot better than me so uh, until then up the Arsenal and uh, have a have a good and safe week cheers Sports Social Podcast Network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.